If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter number four. And we're going to start there. Ephesians chapter four. In honor of the word of the Lord. Ephesians chapter number four. I'll start reading at verse 11 through verse 16. Ephesians chapter number four, verses 11 through 16. You there, you can say amen. Or if you don't uh, have a Bible with you, you can see it on the screen. And he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I bless you. I thank you. I am in awe, God, that you have chosen this vessel to expound the word of the living God. Father, I pray that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. I pray, Father, that there would be no interruption in the spirit realm, that, Father, there would be a calmness, Lord, that there would be, Father, a receiving of the word of God, that we might be truly transformed. God, we understand the call that we have on our lives today is huge, God. We understand that we have been set apart for purpose. We understand, God, that before the foundations of the earth, you called us, you knew us in our mother's womb. And Father, nothing is an accident, but God, you summoned for us, you called us to greatness, God. We believe that, Father, and so we stand in holy presence this morning with our feet standing on holy ground, Father, wanting to hear words from the Lord. Father, we thank you for what you're going to speak into our lives today. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. I am excited about what we're going to be sharing this morning. Uh, we have begun a series last week entitled Teamwork. Thank you very much. Uh, and in that series, we actually gave the ingredients to what will make a great team. And we talked about teamwork from the standpoint of us as a church, as a people, and overall the body of Christ. And so in the next coming weeks, I really will be focusing on or expounding on some of those ingredients that will make us successful uh, as a people and as a church. How many of you want to make a difference in life? Amen. I mean, you want your life to count. Amen. 
And God has given you everything that you need for wisdom, for spiritual success and the knowledge through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We talk about church growth, and I want to talk today about the subject of every member. Everybody say member. member. Every member a minister. Everybody say minister. minister. I want to say that again. Every member a minister. Let me say that again. Every member a minister. I got to say it one more time. Every member is a minister. Amen. Now, that is so important to what we're going to be talking about this morning because I am going to, on purpose, through the power of the Holy Ghost, we're going to shatter some of the ways that you think about church. We're going to shatter some of the ways you think about what you are supposed to be doing as a pew member and not necessarily as Pastor Gary. Now, I understand that I have a great personality. <laughs> but I know that Foundation Church will not grow because of the personality of Pastor Gary. It will not grow necessarily because of where we're located. But the people of God begin to grow and expand when we have a higher percentage of the people who are sitting in the pews get involved and become the minister that God has called you to be. How I many know that there is in, in our day, and I want to say this very carefully, I want you all to hear me, but there is, if we're completely honest about it, there is a spirit today that's kind of crept into the entire life of the church, particularly in America, whereby we hire some pastors and some leaders and some folks within the context of the church who can do weddings real good, who can bury people real good, who can preach real good sermons, who can minister, and they can do all of that while we hire them to do the work while the rest of us just sit and show up once a week every now and then. We show up and we get involved somehow, sometimes, but not fully engaged. There's a spirit in our community that says that, oh, that's for the pastor to do. He's the one that's called to be the, the minister. Oh, that's for Sister Diva to, 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 to sit down and, and teach somebody the Bible. That's not my job. My job is, is, to, is to come here and be a good member. Everybody say not. not. It's not the way God designed it. Um, how many of you have ever been in the Navy? Anybody ever been in the Navy? I have the opportunity to go on a battleship. Anybody ever been on a battleship? And in a battleship, uh, it's unique because everybody on that battleship have a responsibility, amen? They know what they're supposed to do. They know what their calling is. They know what their assignment is. And nobody on that battleship is just sitting there idly with nothing to do. Every one of them, they have a purpose. They know exactly what they're supposed to do. They know where they're going. In other words, they are engaged in the process. But how many of you have ever been on a cruise? <laughs> I've been on a cruise. Uh, you know, a cruise is completely different, amen? Uh, you go on a cruise, you can have anywhere from 4,000, 3,000, 4,000 people on a cruise. And you may have a, a 100 or maybe a couple hundred people working overtime to try to keep the 4,000 people happy. 
Why? Well, look, all the fourth, you know, you go on a cruise, yeah, everybody sit back and, and they get all the sun rays and they're just drinking their pina coladas. They're just relaxing, getting their suntan. I don't have to worry about the suntan, but they're just getting their suntan on and they're just getting all the sun, soaking it up. They're going to the spa and you got these one or 200 people working overtime, trying to make sure that the 4,000 people are at ease. And, and, so, and so you see these couple hundred people, they're sweating, they're working, and, and sometimes, how I many know the people ain't always polite to them? But they work overtime and they work hard because they want to make sure that you are happy because if they don't do what they do, you can't kick back, relax, and have a great time. I've determined that God wants us to be a battleship church, amen? It's not a church. The church is not to be about a few people within the context of the church who are ministers while everybody else just kind of soak it all up. How I many know what I'm talking about? God has called all of us to be ministers. Now, I want you to, I kept saying that in the beginning because I want that to settle down in your spirit. Every one of you is a, is a, is a minister. Now, I'm going to take this a step further. Let me expound on this. Not only are you a minister, but watch this. This is really going to shock some of you. But you are a full-time minister. You're not only a minister, but you are a full-time minister of Jesus Christ. When you say, Pastor, that, that, that don't make sense. Uh, Pastor, you don't understand. My, 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 I look at my paycheck, and, and my paycheck pastor says I get paid by the government. Uh, my paycheck says I get paid by Stafford County Public Schools. Uh, my, my paycheck says you get paid by Fairfax County Police Department. My paycheck says, no, no, but if you really trace where your paycheck gets, where you get your paycheck from, you would trace it all the way back up to the throne of God. How many know God is our provider? And so, how many of you are part-time Christians? Ain't nobody going to say nothing about it. Ain't no part. How many of you are part-time, uh, you're going to be in heaven part-time? No, you are a full-time minister of the kingdom. It, it's offensive for me to say to you that you're a part-time Christian. Amen? Amen? So you're a full-time minister. You need to look at yourself as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe that, and, and, and here's what some of the problem is, and I think that has happened in the life of the church, is that we become somewhat comfortable being just, 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 just kind of being a member instead of being a minister. How many know that every one of you should be able to, watch this, the church, as you grow in the things of God, that every one of you should be able to sit down and to open the Bible, the Word of God, and to be able to lead somebody to Christ. You should be able to sit down and teach somebody, and you shouldn't be saying, well, let me get back to Pastor Bear. Let Pastor Bear hook you up. No, no. You are a minister. You are supposed to be equipped to do what I do. Not necessarily up here, per se, but you are called to be a minister. It has always been God's design that ministry be done as a team. That's why you can get so tired of church. Woo, 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 How many of you, you, you know what I'm talking about? You get bored after a while. Because church is there to equip you to do the work 
of ministry. It's not there just to give you just a good feeling. We all get good feelings. I love good feelings. Amen. Amen. I love a good word. Amen. I love a good feeling. But, you know, God, did, God didn't call you just to good feelings. <laughs> God called you to work. God says that you are a minister, and we're going to show it to you in the word of God here in a moment. I, in fact, I, I did some research, but here's what I come up with. They say, watch this, that a common denominator in ministries that are growing and thriving, watch this, is people that take ownership in ministry. How many know there's a difference between ownership and attendance? You know, the slums are the slums for a reason. Can I, can I be honest this morning? Can we talk? You see, if, how many know if you own something, you think of it completely different. You see, the, the slums, see, if you live in the slums, people don't, a lot of the, the people don't own the slums. They don't own the building that they're in. So the temptation is, you know, I got a hole in the wall, it ain't my problem. Trash on the ground, <laughs> it ain't me, I ain't got this, not me. You know, stuff all messed up, the community all in shambles. People don't care about the property, you know why? Because I don't own it. But how many know that when you pay for it, when you own it, you think differently. Amen. Hey, pick that paper up off my yard. Hey, 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 don't put no hole in my hole. Slow down. You know why? Because I'm owner. I'm a, I, I own this. I mean, know that you need to feel like, watch this, that, that you own this. Amen. This is not Pastor Bailey's church. This is not Pastor Bailey's church. This is your church if you come here. You need to own it and you need to have a feeling that, man, God has called me here and God has assigned me here with a divine purpose in mind because I'm a minister. How many know we need every one of you involved? I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say this and I'll say this uh, honestly that I need you. That I can't be who I'm supposed to be without you. And you can't be who you need to be without me. We need each other. And God wouldn't have it any other way. But in order for that to happen, we got to move. We got to change the way that we think. We got to abandon the thought that ministers are only the leaders in the church. See? Abandon that thought. People get caught up in that. Ministers are not just the leaders in the church. Amen. I'm going to show you this. I'm going to, I'm going to back everything I said with the scripture so that way you will have a level of confidence. You're a minister wherever you go on your job. Before you were a teacher, if you're a teacher, you were the full-time minister of Jesus Christ. Before you were the CEO of the company, you were the full-time minister, if you know Christ, of Jesus Christ. Wherever your job or your influence is, watch this, you were first a full-time minister. And here's what God does. Y'all staying with me? Stay with me. Please stay with me. This is some good stuff. It'll help you. Now watch. So what God in his infinite wisdom has done, he has disguised some of his ministers, watch this, as computer programmers. He has disguised some of his ministers as teachers. He has disguised some of his ministers as police officers. He has disguised some of his members as military people. He has disguised his, his ministers as, as to cover the whole, uh, the whole part of society. So, so, so understand this, every place you go, wherever you are, you're a minister. 
Reverend, you're first a full-time minister. Can I say something else? The reason why some of us get so frustrated with our jobs and we get mad, I want to leave. How many you know what I'm talking about? I'm preaching good. I don't like my job. I want to hurt me leave. I'm tired of this job. i tell you why, in part. Watch this now. How many of you want to be helped? Amen. In part, you have the wrong perspective. How many know that God, God determined your borders? You didn't just end up where you are just because you thought you was all that in the bag of chips. God is sovereign. So even when you think you make a decision, you ain't really making no decisions. You see, how many know that Jesus died on the cross, but Jesus clearly said, no man takes my life. They were thinking they were killing him. You know what I'm talking about? They thought, they were, they thought that they were killing the Lord of glory. Jesus said, nobody take my life. I happen to want to lay this down so you can kill me. You remember Job? Ah, you know, you know, you know, you know. Uh, when, when Satan tried to attack Job, Satan got upset and said, "You know, uh, 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 I, I want to go. Let me, let me get to him." And God had to give Satan permission. God had to give him permission before he laid a finger on Job, which is to say that God is sovereign. God is over over everything. So watch this: God is sovereign at that job that you're at. So you may as well have a great attitude while you're there and understand that there is a divine purpose for the reason that you're there. If you don't see it from a spiritual standpoint, how many know you slam your head up against the wall 15, 20 times? Because I don't understand why I'm here. Oh, you've been there. You, you got an assignment from God. And if you stay humble enough, long enough, you hear what God is saying to you. And you'll humble yourself and say, Lord, I may not necessarily like this job, but Lord, obviously you have an assignment for me. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Right where I am. Boy, I'm preaching gooder than you letting on right now. So watch this. So you're a minister all over the community. Every place you go. Now let's, let's look at this. From the word, let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, which is our foundational text. Y'all still with me? Amen. Now watch this. We're going to go somewhere with this. Now watch this. So he says in Ephesians 4, 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Now, I don't necessarily believe that that's meant to be conclusive, but obviously most of the church leadership comes through what we call the fivefold ministry. How many of you have ever heard of that? And so... Pastors, teachers, uh, uh, apostles, I'm, I'm sorry, pastors, teachers, evangelists, uh, teachers, all of these make up the body of Christ as it relates to training and equipping. So let me, let me, let me help you with this. So what God has done is, now look at the neighbor and say, you're a minister. So what God has done is God has taken some of the ministers from within the ranks of ministers Okay, And he made some of them apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists and pastors, watch this, to equip the rest of the ministers to do what? The work of ministry. Let's look at it again. Y'all still with me? Look at it. It says there, it says, and he gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the what? The work of ministry. Everybody say, I'm supposed to be working. To be working. So, so all of us are ministers. So within the context of ministry, God has pulled, made up some pastors, some teachers, some apostles. But how many know the apostles and the teachers and the evangelists, they're not supposed to be doing all the work. Amen. 
He said, they're supposed to be equipping you for the work of ministry. See, that's the difference between, that's the only difference between me and you. I'm just happening to be a leader to help equip you to do the work of ministry with me. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So then, so then you need to see yourself as a minister who's being equipped for the work of ministry. That's why you're here. Amen. Make no mistake about it. How do you know God has a purpose in all of this? And so, so watch this. Now watch this. Let's keep going. Look at 1 Peter chapter number 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse number 10. He says now, as each one, watch this now, how do we know everybody has a gift? This is good. He says now, as each one received a gift, so every one of you, can we establish the fact right now that we're all ministers, right? Everybody here is a minister. We're all ministers of, of Jesus Christ. As each one has received a gift. Now, pastor, I don't know what my gift is. Keep serving. Keep making yourself available. You will discover your gift. Some of you got 3, 4, 15, 20 gifts. Gifts meaning they, they cover a wide range. Whether it's gifts in administration, gifts in leadership, gifts in help, gifts in serving. There are all kinds of gifts. Every one of God's ministers is gifted. Y'all listen to me? Every one of you are gifted. You must understand that you have something that I need. That the people on your job have something that you have something that they need and vice versa. Well, I meant that the other way around. That the people on your job, they need you. You have something, you have a gift that can help them come to the light of Jesus Christ. That's your job. The place that you're working at, you must understand. Wherever God has you, the place that you live at, your community, you are a minister. You are a pastor in that community. That when you walk in, here come Pastor Larry. Amen. See, I told you I'm going to shatter some of the way you're thinking. Here come, here come Minister Sean. Amen. Here come Minister Hubbard. Amen. Because you have something, you have a gift. God has gifted his ministers to reach people. How many know there are people around you that are on the brink of suicide? There are people that are around you that's hooked on drugs. There are families around you where their marriages are at, at, they're at the bottom. There are people right now that don't know what to do. And guess what? They're all around us. They're all around us. Why do you think God has put you where he put you at? Because he expects you to minister to him. Well, not, not just, listen, I, I don't mind you saying, well, let me check in with Pastor Bailey. That, that's fine, but, but how do you know, but Pastor Bailey wants to release you so that you can do what I do and, watch this, do it better than me. Amen. You can do it better than me, amen? You should be able to do it better than me. I believe God. I'm going to speak that. And so he says, now, as each one has received a gift, minister it to what? One another. As good stewards, everybody say good stewards, good of the manifold grace of God. Now, now watch this as it talked about ministry. Look at verse number 11. So now, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Watch this. If anyone, watch this, verse number 11, if anyone ministers, there it is again. Everybody say ministers. 
let him do it with the ability with which God supplies. God gives you a grace, and God has graced you with a certain anointing and ability to, to minister, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Now, now watch this. Now, I want you to jump on over to the book of Esther. Now, if you don't have it, if you can't get there, um, we'll have it on the screen for you. How many know about, about Esther? Amen. Esther was an incredible woman of God. God used her in a mighty way. Now, I want to show you something this morning that will validate everything that I'm saying here this morning. So, so understand, so the Jews now find themselves in Persia. Um, they are still under captivity because of their disobedience. And so the king of Persia, uh, one day he was, uh, he was a king. He had a wife named Vashti. And Vashti was very, very beautiful. So the king throws this huge banquet, right? This huge banquet. And, and he summoned for his wife. He wanted his wife to come over so that, so that he can display her beauty to everybody. But Vashti got an attitude and said, I ain't coming. She said, King said, I want to come. She said, I ain't coming. So the king ended up getting rid of Vasti, and they sought now, watch this, uh, some uh, young virgins that were beautiful that will be the new queen. Now, there's a lady named Esther who happened to be Jewish. Now, you, I want you to underscore what I just said. Happened to be Jewish. And while, they were, while, the, while the Jews was there, in Persia, there was a man named Haman, who was the second in command to a king, Asarius, who was the king of the Persian Empire at that time. Now, Haman hated the Jews, hated them. And mainly he hated the Jews because, because they didn't bow down and worship him. So but Brother Haman, when he came around, Brother Haman said, hey, y'all supposed to, you know, give me my due. And the Jews were like, no, we don't, we don't do that. We worship the Lord God. We ain't bowing down to you. So Haman manipulated King Asarius, watch this, manipulated him and, and told him to, to come up with a law that will annihilate and destroy all the Jews, kill every one of them. So now, now I want you to understand something. So right about this same time, Vasti was acting up. Esther now becomes the queen. She gets selected out of all the virgins, and Esther was gorgeous. She was beautiful. She was knocked down. She, she, was, she was absolutely a, a, a beautiful woman. So now she becomes the queen. Now, while Esther is queen, she happened to hear about, because Mordecai, who was her cousin, he raised her. And he knew that, that she was the queen, and he sent word to her because she was in a different place. And he sent word to her to let her know that there was a problem and that, that, that your people, the Jews, we're about to get destroyed, and you need to go and handle this. And so I want to pick it up in verse number, uh, in Esther chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Esther, Esther chapter 4, verses 13, and here's what it says. Are you there? You see it? It says, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think, because, let me give you some backdrop, because Esther had inquired. She knew something was going on. And so Mordecai, her cousin, the one who raised her, sent a message to her to let her know that her people were in trouble because she hadn't really gotten the message yet. And verse 13, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther. 
Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. Now watch this. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Now watch this. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. <laughs> now understand something. You remember I said earlier, I talked about destiny and purpose. Every, everything that God does, there's purpose attached to it. Amen. Now Esther could have been like any other uh, normal, natural woman who finds herself in a place where she's rich and she got everything she wants. And all the ladies said amen. amen. She could buy all the clothes she wants. All the jewelry she wants. She had it all. She could have she stood there and she could have said, you know what? Um, I got mine and the Lord done blessed me and I'm beautiful and, I'm, and God has blessed me and, and I'm just here to soak it up. But, 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 but Mordecai sent her a message. Esther, you must understand that where God has you is not by accident. You have not been assigned there to sit and look pretty. How many know that God didn't assign you where you are so you can just sit and look pretty? Amen. So that you can just go around and say, look at how the Lord blessed me. I mean, we can talk about the blessings of the Lord. And that's good because we want God to bless us. But, but understand something, that when God blesses us, he blesses us to be a blessing. God always has something beyond you in mind. And Esther could have been there, and Esther could have just soaked it all up, and she could have said, oh, God, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you blessed me. I'm doing great. And she could have just said, oh, you know, I'm not too worried about my people. They can just figure out their own way. I got mine. You get yours. I mean, notice sometimes the body of Christ, we sometimes think that way. I got mine, brothers. You got to get yours. But I'm here this morning in the spirit and in the voice of Mordecai to remind you that you are where you are because you've been placed on assignment. Amen. You've been placed on an assignment from God. And that you're not, you're not to drive your nice car. You're not to live in that great house. You're not just to enjoy the beauties of all that and think that that was the end game, that that's all God had in mind for you. The devil is a liar. God is setting you up to make a difference. God is setting you up to bring a people out of darkness and bring them into his marvelous light. How many know what I'm talking about? People all around us is dying, amen? How many know they're dying where you're working at? They're dying where you, go to, where you go to grocery store at. They're hopeless. They're in pain. And so understand that, hey, God wants you to have vacation. If you have an opportunity to go on vacation, you better go. Because I'm going on mine. Go on a vacation and, in, and enjoy yourself. But how do you know that's not the end game? God wasn't all about just trying to bless you so you can just have a nice little vacation. That's a byproduct of the larger purpose, which is you're on an assignment. So as a minister, watch this. So now I'm in, I'm in this dark place. Like, like, and now Esther, here she is. She's confronted with the annihilation of all her people. I don't know, but, but, but it looks like from reading this that when Esther got word, look at this. I want you to hear this. 
Look at verse number 16 in that same chapter, in, in chapter 4 of Esther. Look at verse 16. Here's what Esther said. Esther could have said, well, you know what? You got, you, you know, I'm, I'm fine. God has blessed me. No, no, she didn't say that. Here's what she said. She says, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish... I perish. <laughs> you hear what she said? Because, you see, even Esther, even though she was a queen, nobody could just walk in front of the king when they got ready. Even the queen. Because if she did with the law, she'd get killed. But she knew because the Mordecai said to her, honey, don't, 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 don't. He just reminded her. He said, look, God has blessed you, but, but, but don't forget, you're here for a purpose. Don't you forget. And, 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 and so homegirl said, oh, she said, well, y'all need to fast for me. Y'all need to pray because I'm going to plead for my people. And you know what her attitude was? If I perish, so be it. I perish because I understand that I have been called for such a time as this. How many know that God has called foundation for such a time as this? The problems and the complexities that we have around us, guess who's supposed to be handling that? That's you and me. We have been called for such a time as this. But you know, it's interesting because I want you to look back at that verse because this bothered me and it should bother all of us. That, that same verse, verse 13 and 14, we're still in, in Esther chapter 4. But look, he said, Mordecai told her, uh, look at verse 14. He said, now for if you remain completely silent at this time, in other words, you just don't do anything. Relief and deliverance will arrive for the Jews from another place. In other words, how many know what he's saying there is God's still going to do what he got to do. <laughs> if you want to act right or not, God's still going to fulfill his purpose in the earth. But, but watch, he said, he says now, but deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Now that bothered me because what Mordecai was saying is, you have an opportunity, Esther, to step up. You have an opportunity, Esther, to be used by God. I asked you earlier, how many of you want to be used by God? You have an opportunity to be used by God. You, you can make a difference. In other words, the Bible said that God, his eyes go to and fro throughout the entire earth, looking for somebody to show himself strong. And my belief is this, I don't know about you, but if God is going to do a great work in the earth, I don't want him to have to bypass me to go to somebody else because I'm not doing my part. Amen. I don't know about you, but I work too hard. I pray too hard. I, I, you, know, I, 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 you know what I'm saying? I, I believe in this. I don't want God to come knocking on my door and say, oh, you, you, you ain't ready. You don't want, you know, the, you know I got to go use somebody else. Oh, no, no, the devil is a liar. Oh, I want, I'm getting mine. I'm like Isaiah, you know, it says in Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah had that encounter with the Lord, you know, he started confessing his sin. He saw the glory of the Lord. The, the, the thing that the Spirit of the God said to him, um, who will I send? And Isaiah screamed, Lord, send me. Our attitude must be as a people, Lord, send me. God, I'll be that minister. I'll be that one that'll stop what I'm doing to go and pray for somebody. I'll be that one that'll get inconvenienced to see somebody who is hurting, somebody who is broken, somebody who has lost their way. I will be that person, God, because I'm a minister. How many know the Bible says you're the salt of the earth? Amen. You're the light of the world. You are. 
Stop looking at everybody else saying, God, use somebody else. Stop, stop saying in the church, that's the pastor's job. No, it's not. The, it's all of our jobs. It's all of our job to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every one of you. You know what our discipleship class is all about on Wednesday? It's about training ministers. It's about releasing you and giving you the, watch this, the confidence that you can come and you can say, Lord, the, the place that you've assigned me to, God, where I'm sitting at this job with all these people making me upset to get to my nerve. Yes, they are. But how many know God has planted you there? When you say, well, Pastor, how do you know God's planted you there? Because he could have changed it. He chose not to. Worst case scenario. Amen. The Bible says in Acts 17, 26, that God determines our borders. <laughs> if you think that your will can supersede the will of God, you are tripping. You think too highly of yourself. You are where you are because God saw you right where you are. You didn't just stumble up where you are by accident. That's why you ought to have a great attitude. That's why the Bible says do all that you do for the glory of God and do everything you do with a great attitude. Why? Because I'm on assignment. And I'm looking, watch this, I am looking to understand what my assignment is. And, and some of us need to get out of it thinking that I'm just there to get a paycheck and make a living for my family. If I'm be talking about you at your job. You're not just for there, there for that. I'm just here to be a good person in the community. Be a good community person, but while you're being a good community person, be a minister. Go knock on a couple of doors. Go share the good news of the, invite them to the picnic. We had a great picnic last week, didn't we? Some of y'all did, some of y'all involved. Man, it was, I, that was the most fun I had in a long time. But you know, as I think about it, I was just surrounded by a bunch of ministers. A bunch of on fire, loving Jesus Christ people, not freaky people that's scaring people away, but I'm talking about people that love the Lord. I'm talking about people that are devoted to this thing. I'm talking about people that understand that they're people of destiny. That you're a person that God has assigned. You have an assignment from God. I don't care who you are, where you are. You got an assignment. You just got to find it. And you will knock your head up against the wall until you realize it. God, what do you want me to do? God, what is my assignment? Esther found hers. She found hers. And Mordecai was her voice. I'm your Mordecai this morning. I'm your Mordecai telling you, understand that God has called you and me for such a time as this. We're here in this school. We're here in this community because there is a unique assignment. I want everybody in here to rise up to the level and say, Pastor, I'm going to commit. I'm going to be a minister. Amen. I'm asking you to do that. We'll grow as a people and our love for each other will grow. As we and everybody in here begin to put on their mantle, I'm going to release you. For everybody who want to be a minister, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do this morning. For everybody who wants to be a minister of Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to come up to this altar. Now, if you don't want to be a minister, nobody's, nobody's going to be upset at you. But if you want to be a minister of Jesus Christ, I want you to come and stand at this altar, and I want to lay hands on you this morning. That's going to be our altar call this morning. If you're not serious, don't come. But you said, Pastor, I want to make a difference. I intend to be a minister. I intend to be equipped. I intend to take control of my destiny. Hallelujah. Look at all these ministers up here. Look at all these ministers up here. Hallelujah. Now, y'all know what y'all are embarking upon, right? Yes, sir. See, we're all ministers. I'm just like you. I'm no better than you. My job is just to equip you to do what I'm doing. So you can be a helper to people. 
God has made us for, this is our moment. In Foundation Church, this is our time. This is our season. Every one of you get involved and you prepare yourself so that you can sit down and you can lead somebody through this. Some of you, brother, I'm just, I'm proud of you. I see you growing. Some of you sisters, I see y'all growing and I see you're coming to a place that God can use you. That you're being that example. Brother, in Jesus' name, great things are coming to you, brother. You're, you're a great example because you're prepared. You minister, you put in the time. Keep it up. Every one of you, Walter, keep it up. Diva, keep it up. All of you, keep it up. Shannon, keep, keep it up. All of you. You're ministers. God didn't call you to sit in the pew and do nothing. God called, get prepared. Get out there. Get busy. Seize your moment. This is, seize your destiny in God this morning. Amen? Amen. I'm just going to put some anointing oil on everybody. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, a minister of Jesus Christ. You're a minister of Jesus Christ. You're a minister. I anoint you in the name of Jesus. You are a minister of Jesus. I anoint you in Jesus' name. I anoint you in the name of Jesus. I anoint you in the name of Jesus. A minister of Jesus Christ. I anoint you this morning. I anoint you in the name of Jesus. I anoint you in Jesus' name. You are a minister of Jesus Christ. You are a minister of Jesus Christ. You are a minister of Jesus Christ. I lift your hands up to the Lord. Lord, I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus. I thank you this morning that you have set me apart. I thank you this morning that I'm a minister. Lord Jesus, I'm going to do differently. I'm going to prepare myself. I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to study to show myself approved. I'm going to prepare myself to minister to the broken, to the hurting, to those who are suicidal, to those who are hopeless. I'm going to prepare myself to be used by you as an instrument of your glory. Lord Jesus, fill my heart, fill my mind, anoint me with the Holy Ghost. I receive it right now. I am a minister. I'm not just sitting in the pews. I'm making a difference. Everywhere I go, this is my priority. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God a praise. Now, you know, you know with that comes responsibility. I want you to prepare yourself. I said before, and I'll say it again. My job, and you'll see this in the coming weeks, I, I am about, at this moment, raising up people who want to minister. If you're not serious about ministry, you're just wasting your time. What I mean by that is, I want to raise up people that understand that they have a divine purpose that is bigger than them. I don't want to play games. I don't want to play. I, don't, I, just, want, I just want to be a help to people. And you can do that. Every one of you, you get enough. How I many know you get enough word in here? You, you got all the word you need. It's just time to exercise. How I many know you get too much word and you don't exercise? You get fat and lazy. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. In the spirit, we just get fat and lazy. We come here and we just sit and we just say, Pastor, give me a word. Give me a word. I'll give you a word, but exercise what you get. Amen. Because just like the manna, if you keep it too long, it eternally becomes sour. It doesn't do you no good. You're a minister. 
I want everybody to begin to think of themselves. And you know, when you're a minister, you think differently, amen? You think about how you carry yourself. You think about what you say around people because people are watching your life. Because you're the answer. You're the answer. I mean, I can't be at every place every time. I said something in the message, but I want to say this again. God has disguised his people. You're, you're in a disguise. Wherever you are, you're disguised. You're disguised in the military. You work in the military, you're disguised as a soldier. You're really a minister of Jesus Christ. You're disguised in that restaurant. You're, you're working back in that kitchen, but you're a minister. You're disguised. Right at that job, those people that drive me nuts, God has set you there as a minister. You're disguised, telecommunicator. You're disguised as a banker. You're just, under the, you're just disguised. You're disguised. You're disguised as a nurse. You're not really a nurse. You're a minister of Jesus Christ first. Before you're anything else, that's what you are. Walk like it. Walk like it. Walk like it. And you know what? And our church, watch this. Our church would take off because it'd be filled up with people who are ministers. And everybody walking through those doors, man, they can get a word. And the pastor ain't got to be four or five different places because the word is in your own mouth. Because you've been prepared. Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you for every one of them, God. I commission them in the name of Jesus. I commission every one of them in the name of Jesus. Go and preach the good news of the gospel. Father, give them what they need in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that many souls will be saved. Many lives will be changed. Many will be set free because of these ministers at the altar. These ministers who are at the altar, every one of them. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, come on, give God a praise. You came to church today and you became a minister. Amen. 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 Let's go back to your seat. We're going to release you. Amen. Amen. Put on some happy music. Amen. Let's stand to your feet. We're going to get ready to dismiss. Amen. Amen. Stay back a little while and have a little fellowship with us. Um, eat some donuts and some fruit and just chit-chat a little while. So good to see some of you. So good to have our visitor here. So good to see every one of you. Go and make a difference. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. If anybody needs special prayer, uh, just see me at the altar. Uh, we'll be able to pray for you as well. Anything you need special. Um, Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. Your word is true. Now, I want to do this one thing while your hands are raised. Just put your hands down for a moment. If anybody in here don't know Jesus as your Savior, I, I want to give you that opportunity. I want to give you that opportunity. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to receive him. Is there anyone to say, Pastor, I want to give my life to the master today. I want to serve him. Is there one? And if you've got some other issues, maybe, uh, maybe you have problems in areas that we didn't talk about today. Maybe you're not in the box. Maybe you're having some emotional problems. Maybe you're having some, some, some other issues that you just need God to, to help you. I want you to, right at the close end of the service, I want you to come up here and I want to pray with you. Amen? I want to pray with you. Let's lift our hands again. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne of grace. To him be glory, dominion, power, now and forevermore. And all God's people said, Amen. Hey, come on, give God a praise. See you next week. Every little y'all, every little y'all. Over here, let me hear you just clap your hands. Come on, let me hear you clap your hands. Over there, let me.